0: Today on City Cash Chicago Chicago schools, like in other cities Are facing a bus driver shortage Right now, nearly 4,000 CPS students Are without reliable transportation to school Twice as many as when the school year started on August 30th We check in with an education reporter And also talk to a parent building a carpool alternative It's Tuesday, November 2nd I'm Jacoby Cochran And this is City Cash Chicago Late last week during the Chicago Board of Education meeting, CPS officials gave an update on how they're trying to fix this widespread transportation problem. Chalkbeat Chicago's Mauricio Pena was there. So this was a big story. We talked with parents uh, around the first day of school. We talked with teachers. And for many of them, this bus driver story really blindsided them. You know, why did so many drivers walk off before school started?
1: I think there was a combination of some of the mandates that um, the city and state was issuing. And so I think a lot of the the vaccine mandate resulted in a lot of people walking off the job. You know, it's not, it's not unique to uh, Chicago or, or the state of Illinois. This is something that I think a lot of states across the country were facing, just this shortage of bus drivers to get these students to and from
0: school. Do you have a sense of how many drivers walked off the job? Were you able to talk to any
1: that, that actually left? I don't have the exact number on that, but I want to say it was over 70 in the district alone. You know, that in combination with, um, you know, a consolidation and cancellation of bus rides, uh, about over 280 um, in the last year, I think it was it created kind of like a perfect storm that resulted in so many students being left without transportation. Is
0: it a fair mix of kids or, or do you have a sense of which kids have been most affected? Is it age group or where they live in the city?
1: We do know that more than half of the students are, you know, students who are, um, who have IEPs, special needs. And so in the individualized education plans, the, the district is legally supposed to provide transportation for these students. Um, They're they're required to do that for students experiencing homelessness. And I think at the state level, um, low income students as well. But as of right now, I think the district is kind of trying to pull out all the stops to find new drivers. They deployed taxi cabs. Um, They are also using um, like smaller buses, which can have eight to ten riders in there. They're also going to be using another company, a vendor called Ride Along, who 80, 80 drivers by the end of the month. And then their goal is uh, like to have 300 more drivers by the end of the year.
0: Yeah. As I listen to you break it down, you said students who have uh, special needs or IEPs, you know, individualized educational plans, students experiencing houselessness or, or of low income. And it sounds like with almost every situation across our city, when there is an issue, the most vulnerable students are often uh, who are
1: hit the hardest uh, by these issues. That's one thing. Um, a couple weeks ago, when I initially started reporting this story, I spoke with a lot of parents and um, they definitely feel like they've been overlooked, you know, a lot of parents with, with students that have disabilities. Um, and one one parent said exactly that. It's like at the end of the day, when there's no resources, those who are most impacted are the, these vulnerable students. One parent in particular mentioned that their student was one of the students that had not returned to school because there was no alternative offered to them aside from, you know, they, they were offered the... Um, the 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 funds to self transport
0: mm-hmm. the five hundred dollars a month
1: right but um, this parent was not able to because of inflexible work schedule would not be able to you know wait until you know eight o'clock to bring their uh, child to school and be out before you know at three o'clock to pick them back up and so. They asked for an alternative or remote learning, and that was not offered to them. And instead, they were just, maybe it was six weeks when I spoke with them, had not received any instruction.
0: When this story originally broke at the top of the school year, I heard city officials in the district coming out. And some of the alternatives they were talking about were ride shares, your Ubers, your Lyfts. Uh, I know CTA made buses available to students uh, early on but for some parents who got small kids just putting your kid on a bus or putting them in an Uber with some rando is is not an effective alternative option how is the district responding to these concerns from parents and what alternatives are they exploring
1: that's something that i've heard uh, you know um one parent in particular said i'm <laughs> i'm not going to put my child in an Uber with a stranger um i think there's a lot of trust that goes into putting a child with um an IEP into a school bus already. And so they have to build those relationships. So I know the alternatives that they are, you know, right now the alternatives that they have going, which is like these taxi cabs, or these smaller bus, these vans, some of those have the bus aids that the regular school buses have.
0: With the alternatives that they have been using, like taxis or like a ride-along vendor, like what's the vetting process? Like, are they able to go through the same checks and balances that they would have to with, with the school bus drivers?
1: I don't know what the how extensive the background checks are, but I, you know, my understanding is that, that these background checks are happening. And um, my sense is, over the last couple of months, that's one of the things that has been kind of holding up some of these um, hires, because now we're seeing, I think, in that time they've been trying to vet and onboard some of these drivers and train them as well. Um, so I think that's kind of that's been part of the delay. In, making sure that these additional 3,800 students are getting to school. But in terms of like how extensive that vetting process is, I, do, I, I don't I do know that.
0: Mauricio Pena, a reporter at Chalk B. Chicago. Thank you for making time for us at CityCast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Anyone who has taken an Uber or Lyft lately knows that it's not an economically viable plan for daily commutes especially for kids whose parents aren't going to feel comfortable putting them in the back of some stranger's car. Ismael El-Amin is offering another plan. El-Amin is a father of three CPS kids who he is always shuttling around. He created Piggyback to help parents like him.
2: We identify parents who, who sign up as members and they say, look, this is the route that I drive on a regular basis. Maybe it's a Monday, maybe it's every day of the week, maybe it's just in the afternoon. On the other side of that, there's a member that signs up and says, man, Mondays, I just can't make it. There's no way I can drop my kid off. So there's requests that come from certain parents, and then there's offers that come from other parents. These aren't paid drivers. This is not a bus service. This is an everyday average father, mother, guardian, grandmother, someone responsible for driving a child that's saying, hey, I can fit another kid in my backseat. The compensation for driving is you receive points that are good for sending your child.
0: As you take more rides, you accrue these points and then you then use those for your child to ride at a, at a later date, potentially. Correct.
2: Now, on the flip side, there are the families that do not offer to drive because they don't have a vehicle. This was never in their plan. They were in that bunch that you mentioned earlier where. They had arrived to school up until the Friday before CPS opened its doors and then news hit and then they received a call. They received an email. They weren't prepared. So I've still got a number of families waiting to hear back for their match because the wave of families that came upon, they're not in a position where they can drive.
0: How do you ensure reliability, right? How do you Build a system in which, like you're saying, people will have this presence in their life. But, you know, people need sick days. People wake up and their kids aren't feeling well and they have to stay home. That can throw off an an entire route.
2: We're hoping that with the understanding that parents have, they're giving you a heads up. They're not going to, you know, wait to the last minute. You know, we're taking people that are on the other side of the fence and not just in it as a job and saying, you know, I know how reliable I need to be for you because I would need somebody to be that reliable for me. I added on the piece about the background check. We've got a four point background check just to be in the system as a driver. Everybody's gotta pass a national level criminal background check, a county level criminal background check because we're dealing with driving. We've got a motor vehicle check and then also the sexual registry. So that first clearance gets you into the system to be matched. Once you're matched, there's an in-person screening where you have to meet each other in person. And this is where the families get to really hit them with any question that they want.
0: How much does a ride cost? We've talked a little bit about how the point system works for drivers, but for parents signing up who maybe isn't driving or isn't accruing points, how does that system work?
2: We use a combination of we start with a base of about three and a half dollars. And then we add on based on the number of miles and the the minutes that the driver is going to take. A lot of the competition, they start off at $16 at the base because they've got to configure, you know, I've got to pay this driver for their service.
0: We talked a lot about how the bus shortage impacted things. One of the reasons that the bus shortage took place, from my understanding, was the, the vaccine mandate came out and, and bus drivers chose to. Uh, to walk off prior to the school year starting? What is Piggyback's policy?
2: So we we were dealing with this question with um, a lot of the larger ride shares. They, they've got these statements out and mandates out. We don't want to create a mandate that every driver has to have the vaccine. What we do give is the families the ability to say, I do not want to take that driver because they're not vaccinated.
0: Can you tell me a little bit more about your background-ish that you know what led you to create Piggyback? And what were your com- commutes like when you were attending CPS and then what were they like as a parent?
2: We grew up on the South Side, sort of between the South Shore um and Chatham area. And after school program was just a daily thing. You didn't just stay home. You you did baseball, you did Little League, you did football, you did gymnastics. There was always something to be involved in. And my parents' working schedule didn't match getting dropped off by the school bus at home. So it was a lot of times I was on the CTA when it had came to get to practice. So I'm taking 20 minutes, 40 minutes to get to Washington Park for football practice, to get to over in uh, Roseland for baseball in the Pullman District. Those opportunities shaped who I became. I want to make sure that the next 10-year-old, 12-year-old has the opportunities to get out of the house and do
0: all of that stuff. Well, thank you so much. Ismail El Amin is the founder of Piggyback Network. Thank you for joining us on City Cash Chicago. Appreciate
2: you, Cope. Have a good one.
0: Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. A Cook County judge has paused Mayor Lori Lightfoot's mandate that Chicago police get vaccinated by December 31st. The judge told the city and police unions to figure it out in arbitration. The judge did say vaccine status reporting and weekly testing for unvaccinated workers will continue. There's more in our newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. If you've got pumpkins lying around from Halloween, don't throw them in the trash. Cook County is partnered with five sites where you can dispose of the pumpkins. Link to the locations in the show notes. And some good news to get you through. Let's celebrate some great local journalists. Kelly Bauer from Block Club Chicago and the friend of CityCast was named Chicago Journalist of the Year by the Chicago Journalist Association and Dorothy Tucker from CBS is getting a Lifetime Achievement Award from that organization. Congratulations, Kelly and Dorothy. Hey, if you got any questions about Chicago that you've been too embarrassed to ask or you haven't gotten around to getting answered, remember, we got your back. Email us at chicago at citycast.fm or send your questions to us on Twitter at CityCast Chicago. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.
2: Bye. 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 Bye.